0: It's good to be back in the house. It's good to be back in the house that I was birthed in. Come on. It's an honor to stand in this pulpit. It's a daunting task to stand in this pulpit. He wears a size 14 shoe, uh, and it's really hard to fill those shoes. Uh, but but it is, it's a daunting task, but uh, I am honored to stand here. We have two of the greatest preachers and voices in the world, amen? So somebody let us honor our pastors. Let us honor Pastor Kevin and Pastor Devin this morning. If you're watching, I honor you. We love you. We appreciate you. And I would not be standing here if it wasn't for you. Today I am blessed to have my beautiful bride with me who is uh, who is uh, all things t- uh, everywhere. She is the principal of the school right now. She's a youth pastor in Cleveland. Uh, she's a mom, a a wife. Uh, it's, it's been, uh, it's been a journey and, uh, and I just, I thank, I thank you. I thank you and I honor you. Uh, So without further ado, I want us to go ahead and get into the word. I know before. uh, Before I let you all sit down, uh, we are a standing and sitting church. We like to get our calisthenics in. Uh, If you would please stand with me for the reading of the word. And uh, if you would turn in your Bibles with me to 2 Samuel chapter five, verse 17. You know, when I was in preparation for this message, I I was supposed to I was supposed to have the week uh, uh, off this past week, and uh, I'll be really honest with you. I wrestled all week long for what I was going to say today. I thought I had the word of the Lord. I was actually going to preach a message called sabotage, but I'm, and we'll save that for another time, but, but I'm, a, I'm a type of individual that I'm not going to step behind this pulpit unless I get a now word from the Lord. I don't have a prepackaged message in a filing cabinet. If it is not the word of the Lord, then I would rather be like Jonah and run, okay, because I'm not going to get up here and just say something flippantly so I was in wrestling wrestling a wrestling match with the Lord for a week and even up until yesterday uh, I was not sure and not settled on what God would have me to say and last night at about 10 o'clock at night it was 10 30 I'm laying in the bed and I'm in tears I torment I uh, I, I, over the word, I, I do, I, I have to have the word, the now word of the Lord. And and I was in tears, literal tears, and I'm, I'm crying out to God for a word for today. And I said, God, I need to hear your voice. And I, I felt like the Lord spoke to me earlier in the day about a sound. About a sound, and I'm laying there in bed, and I'm crying out to the Lord. I said, "I need to hear you, God. I need to hear you, God." And about 10:15, I heard some thunder off into the distance. One thunder, and it rolled on. I actually thought it was a motorcycle or something across the street because that's how long it went on for. And I looked at Crystal, and Crystal said, "I think that's your answer. It's about a sound." And so I started to pray into that thing last night because how many know uh, God can speak to you into in, in many different ways? But at that thunder I had to pray for the interpretation because I don't speak thunder so God woke me up at about 3 o'clock in the morning and I got up and I went and sat on the couch and I started to write out what God would have me to say and so what I'm about to deliver to you is hot off the presses because it is a now word for this hour so if you would turn with me second Samuel chapter 5 verse 17 when you got it, say word now when the Philistines heard They had anointed David king over Israel. All the Philistines went up to search for David. And David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. Uh, The Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Raphaim. So David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, go up for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. So David went to Baal-Parazim and David defeated them there. And he said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me, like, yup, 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 before me, somebody say before me, like a breakthrough of water. Therefore he called the name of that place Baal Parazim and they left their images there. Uh, One translation says that they burned, David burned the images of the Philistines and David and his men carried them away. Then the Philistines went up once again and deployed themselves in the valley of Raphaim. Therefore David inquired of the Lord and he said, you shall not go up, circle around behind them and come upon them in front of the mulberry trees somebody say mulberry trees and it shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the mulberry trees then you shall advance quickly somebody look at your neighbor and say then you shall advance quickly for then the lord will go out before you to strike the camp of the philistines and david did so as the lord commanded him and he drove back the philistines from geba as far as gezer Father, I pray right now that you would touch my mind. Father, I pray right now that you would touch my lips with a coal from your altar. I pray, God, that you would anoint me with the anointing that makes preaching powerful. I pray, God, right now that the atmosphere would be set and conducive for a move. We give you all the glory right now. I give you all the honor and all of the praise, and everybody in the room said amen and amen. You may be seated. See, I, I believe breakthrough has a sound. I believe that breakthrough has a sound. I believe that the enemy has a sound. And the enemy has been working overtime right now to make his sound loud. Every time you turn on the television, you hear the enemy's sound. Every time you look around, you hear the enemy's sound. There is a sound right now that is blasting in our ears constantly, 24-7. If you scroll through the internet, if you scroll through social media, if you scroll through Facebook and Instagram, you're hearing a sound. You're reading the sound of the enemy. You are paying attention to the frequency of the enemy and I'm here to tell you that the sound is making you believe that the church is dead the enemy wants you to believe that the church is dead but I'm here today to tell you that breakthrough has a sound I look through scripture and going all the way back to the beginning in Genesis God began to reveal his masterful plan But before one stroke of a brush ever landed upon the canvas of this formless void space, before he ever wove one stitch of the tapestry that is this world, there was a sound. The Bible tells us that God spoke, and when he spoke into the expanse of nothingness, something began to happen. His voice echoed and reverberated, bringing forth creation. There was a sound. Look at your neighbor and tell him there was a sound. I'm reminded of Jericho, the story of Joshua, and how God instructed the people of Israel to march around this fortified city. He walked, They walked around that fortified city for six days, and at the end of every day, uh, or at the end of the seventh day, they shouted and blasted trumpets, and at that sound, the walls came down. There was a sound. Look at your neighbor and tell him there was a sound. I'm reminded of Elijah during a time of famine and three and a half years they were without rain and he stands there and he says, I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. I'm telling you, before there's breakthrough, there will always be a sound that precedes it. I'm reminded of four lepers. How many remember the story of four lepers, these four feeble lepers laid up by a gate outside the city because the law says that they could not go inside they were bound up outside of this city bound by a disease and as they were sitting there again we are found we find the story in a famine they are in the middle of a famine and as they're sitting there outside of this city they said and looked to one another I think we're going to die out here Instead of dying out here, why don't we go into the city? Why don't we go into the city? If we're going to die anyways, if we're going to die anyways, let's go let us go into the Syrian camp. Let us go into the Syrian camp, our enemy's camp, and let us go in and at least beg for food. Let me see if if there's a famine happening in the camp. And so they begin to get up and they start walking towards the now now I'm going to tell you, if you I mean they're 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 lepers. They're they're feeding off of scraps. They're feeding their, so, so, so the, in your mind's eye, get this. They're, they're, they're barely skeletons. They're skeletons wrapped with flesh. And these four skeletons wrapped with flesh begin to walk towards the city. And as they enter into the city, they walk in and find no one. They walk in finding no Syrian. No Syrian soldier was in the camp because the Lord made the steps of the lepers sound like chariots and horsemen. He made their feeble legs sound like an army. And those that were in the camp fled, leaving the spoils for the lepers. I'm telling you, there's a sound. There's a sound. I move over to the New Testament and I'm reminded of a story that I read in the Gospel of St. John. A story about a man named John the Baptist who was declaring, I am the voice, crying out in the wilderness, make way the sh- straight, the way of the Lord. It was a sound. Look at your neighbor again. I'm trying to get this because this is not a sermon. This is a word. There's a sound. I'm reminded of Acts. And 120 were in the upper room. When on the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound, that of a mighty rushing wind, entered a room. Think about this for a second. If you were inside your bedroom, the windows were shut and the door was shut and you were shut in. And a sound of a mighty rushing wind came in. Would you not be freaked out? But it was the sound that shifted the paradigm. It was a sound that preceded the anointing of the Holy Ghost falling on those that were in that upper room. I'm reminded over in 1 Thessalonians when I'm reading about the return of the Lord, and it says that the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. It's a sound. When I was asking the Lord what he would have me to say to you this morning, he said, tell them I always have a plan. Tell him I always have a plan. There's those that are sitting in this room right now that need to hear that. He has a plan. When everything looks like it's falling apart, when everything you turn on CNN, C-SPAN, MSNBC, I don't care which one. I don't care which one you turn on. The, the, The world is falling apart. They want to tell you the stories of the world falling apart. And I'm here to tell you that God has a plan. It does not matter what your reality looks like because reality may look like this, but I know what the truth says. And the truth says something different than what reality says. Reality says, ah, it's all over. Reality says that, ah, I'm just going to get into this thing real quick. Reality says that Satan entered the garden and Eve ate the apple and all of humanity had been plummeted into death, but Reality is not the truth. The truth said, what? I'm gonna step past. I'm gonna step past heaven. I'm gonna step past the Milky Way galaxy. I'm gonna step past Uranus and Neptune and Pluto. I'm gonna step past all of that into Earth and I'm going to have a plan. I am going to work out the plan. I believe that there are some that are in this room that you need to hear this that it may not look like it should look like in your mind's eye. It may not look like what you would want it to look like. It may not look like what you would have made it to look like. I want you all real quick to thank the Lord that he didn't let you write the play, though. Come on, somebody. I thank God that he did not let me have my way. If you would have let me have it my way, there would have been many people over the years consumed by fire or mauled by she bears. Some of y'all looking over your neighbor saying, what's he talking about, she bears? Go back home and read 2 Kings. It's a hoot. It's a hoot. 42 she bears come flying out the woods, and, or, or two she bears come flying out the woods and eat 42 youths. Y'all you to go read it sometime. It's interesting. But if it were up to me. I would have made it my way. I would have done things my way, right? And there was years where I had been in turmoil because I was doing it God's way. I'm gonna tell y'all. And that's a hard thing to come to. That is an extremely difficult thing to come to. But I wanna get this out here. I want you to go to verse 17 real quick. Now when the Philistines had heard that they anointed David, stop. Now, when the Philistines heard that they anointed David, when they heard that they anointed David, I'm going to say this to you because I think this is important. This is what the Lord said to me. You can't be anointed without an enemy. We got to get that off the table. I see so many people who are down and depressed because they've been dealing with mess and turmoil. I'm here to tell you, you better quit complaining and start praising. You better stop complaining and start praising because uh, you need to praise him for the oil that he's anointed you with. You got to praise him for the oil that he's poured out on your life because it's the only thing that is keeping you. It's the only thing that is keeping you alive in this hour is the oil. I'm telling you right now, when you are so oily that when the enemy tries to wrap his hands around you, you slip right through his fingertips. Yeah, you're going to go through some mess. Yes, it may look like all hell is breaking loose in your life, but somebody needs to praise him for the oil. You see, David, he wasn't an issue as long as he was a shepherd. You see, David went and done, got anointed, and when he got anointed, those who used to, he used to live with started to hunt him down. First Samuel twenty-seven says, but David thought to himself. So this is when so this is before all the all the stuff. Okay, this is before, he was running from Saul, running for his life. Now, now this is after he goes and kills the Goliath, cuts his head off. So we know that there's already enmity between David and the Philistines, right? Amen. And we read this story in this text. And David knows that Saul is on his on his tail and he says, man, I better escape to the land of the Philistines. So he and 600 men left Israel and go and take up residence in a land called Gath, which is exactly where Goliath was from. And they let him stay there. They let him say they they weren't bothered by David as long as he had an enemy and was on the run. As long as he was on the run, they didn't bother, they didn't care about it. They said, man, whatever. As long as he still smells like sheep and he still smells like the field, he is no threat to us. But what happens when they hear that he was anointed? What happens when the oil's poured out and you start to step into your destiny? What happens when you start to step into your promise? What happens? Oh, oh. See, David wasn't a problem as long as he was a lowly shepherd boy on the run. But as soon as promotion took place, as soon uh, as that's what happens, that's what happens. As long as you smell like the field, you no one wants to med the enemy that Satan himself doesn't mess with you as long as you smell like the field. But as soon as you get anointed, as soon as the oil is poured out and you start singing that old song, moving on up, as soon as you start to the east side as soon as he starts moving you into position as soon as the lord starts to to position you for greatness something happens and those that used to bear with you those who even despise you but let you live with them start to hunt you down you see uh The Lord said to me, when you stop smelling like the field and start smelling like the palace, uh, as soon as your enemy starts to catch a whiff of the oil, you become a nuisance. Because every time you walk past, you remind them of a scent that they cannot obtain. It's your anointing. Oh, somebody in this room. My head is on fire right now. David heard it and went down to the stronghold. The Philistines went and deployed themselves in the valley of Raphaim. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. So David went to Baal-Parazim. David defeated them there. And the Lord said to him where he said to the Lord or of the Lord the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water therefore he called the name of the place Baal Parazim and they left their images there and David and his men carried them away now I read this story and it reminded me of another text I'm telling you this was 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning so I still had crusties in my eyes (laughs) but it reminded me of a story over in Isaiah It reminded me of a passage of scripture over in Isaiah chapter 59, and he says, So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against them. And it reminded me that the comma was in the wrong place when they wrote that. It was never supposed to be the enemy comes in like a flood. It was supposed to be that the enemy shall come in, comma, And like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. I'm telling you, God has a plan. Look at your neighbor and tell him, God has a plan. somebody's breaking out of this thing today I'm telling you somebody is breaking out of this thing today Uh, you have been assigned to a season you have been assigned to a season but God says I'm breaking you out I am breaking through for you today I'm going to tell you a story. A few years ago, Crystal and I took the kids to the beach down in Florida for vacation. So "Dad, what do you do when you go to the beach on vacation? What do you go, do, you go do when you're at the beach? Do you rest? No. <laughs> See, when I go to the beach, when we go to the beach, I wake up early because I have a, a task. It's a very important task. How many been down to Florida to the beaches down there during beach season? Right, okay. So I grew up, I was born in New Jersey, that's the accent, but I grew up in Florida near the beach. And there's these people called snowbirds that head on down in the winter time. And when they head on down, we don't go outside. We, We try to stay inside because it gets crazy. It gets crazy down there in Florida. It gets crazy on the beaches down in the summertime. And, and if you go to the beaches, like I used to go to the beaches uh, down there, something happens where at a certain time, everybody wakes up and they've had their morning coffee and they all rush to the beach. So when I go to the beach, I have a job that I have to, to do. I have to wake up early and I have to grab the wheelie cooler and my umbrellas. I have to grab the chairs, toys, towels, tans, tanning lotion, swim trunks, tea sets, TVs, and everything else that my wife tells me that I need to get so that I can beat the tourists (laughs) to get a good spot down by the water. So instead of staring at aunt Susie and the giddy up gang down there in front of you, you actually have a view of the ocean that you just drained your uh, bank account to get to. That's the truth right there. So while we're down in Florida, this one morning I get up and I have my morning coffee. I strap on all of the accoutrements. I begin to make my quest like a knight on a crusade going out to battle. I get to the water and I beat the crowd like a pioneer who set out to find a better life, taking everything including the kitchen sink you know how many know? <laughs> I'm over here and I'm setting up, setting up shop. I set up our spot. I put up our tent of meeting. And then I- I put this over here, and I put the, the the thing over here, and I set up the chairs and the towels and make sure we have plenty of sunscreen because we need sunscreen. If you were you grew up when I was a kid, uh, there was this song, it's called The Sunscreen Song, uh, and, and it talks about the sunscreen. If you haven't heard it, go home and listen to it, but you gotta have plenty of sunscreen. And my wife makes sure we have plenty of sunscreen, otherwise we're gonna burn. And if you go on your vacation and the first day of your vacation you get burned, the rest of of the week. You have to hear the children wailing and gnashing of teeth, uh, and and you're handing out Benadryl and and ibuprofen like it's chiclets. So I put it all out, and I'm doing all of this work. I'm going to tell you all something. I wasn't going to say this, but I was with Pastor Kevin too when we did this. Me and him. It's me and him traipsing through the sand with all this stuff. It was me and him, and and I got stuff, and he's got stuff, and, and we, got a, we got an army. I mean, between our two families, there's a, there's a literal army. We got kids, we got all kinds of stuff going on. I get it up, set up perfectly. We sit down in our beach chairs, opening a bottle of Gatorade to, to replenish the electric lights that were depleted from building our little house in the humidity. And I'm sitting there watching the beautiful, calm, tranquil waters. When not even three minutes later, this rogue wave out of nowhere comes in and thrashes through our camp as if it were with the fury of Poseidon. All of our toys and tea kettles and towels go drifting out to sea and there's me and Pastor Kevin frantically running out there trying to get it all back. I said where did this come from? Where did this come from? With such force and fury it was calm still. I believe that this is the picture that David was painting here in verse chapter or verse 20 and I believe it was Isaiah was echoing this. I believe that in this it's that He's trying to explain you would do better to hold back the forces of all the water in earth than to try to hold back the hand of God. Look at your neighbor and say, God's got a plan. There are those in this room right now that are under the sound of my voice that have a plan. God has a plan. God has a plan. God, had you are not on accident. You were not here on accident. You've stepped into this world on purpose. The Bible says what? He knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. I'm telling you, you were not an accident. They might have been surprised, but you were not an accident. God has a plan and no demon in hell can keep you from his plan. The only one that can keep you from his plan is you. Think about this for a second. All of the waters of the ocean, all of the waters of every swimming pool, and there's a lot down in Florida, every bit of H2O, On this planet, if it were all piled up like a tidal wave, it would not be the force. It would not be a strong enough force to keep you outside of the plan of God for your life. Nothing can stand in the way. Even the foulest of demons there's some people in this room right now watching me online, live stream. I believe you've heard audible whispers in your ear telling you that the enemy, his plan is going to prevail in your life. I've heard the voice of the enemy. I've heard the whispers. I have felt the cold chills in warm rooms. I'm telling you, you can say I'm crazy, but I've been in rooms where the devil has walked in. And you begin to hear this voice. You're not going to be able to do this. This is too big for you. This is too big for you. You're not going to be able to do that. I'm standing in your way. You're not qualified for this. You're not, you're not able to do this. You're not. I'm, I'm going to take you out. I'm going to take you out before you ever get there. I'm telling you, this is the voice of the enemy, and he is working overtime right now. He is working overtime. He is working overtime. He is trying to steal your identity right now. Ah, uh, This wasn't in my notes, but there's somebody in the room that the enemy's been whispering to you, you're not a girl, you're a boy. I'm telling you right now, I know I'm meddling, but this is the truth. There's somebody in this room that the enemy's been whispering in your ear. You're not a boy, you're a girl. Trying to pluck you up outside of the will of God for your life. I'm telling you, there's an identity theft problem going on right now, and the enemy's doing everything he can to try to rob you of your identity and keep you out of your destiny. The Lord will surprise the enemy, breaking through, causing utter destruction to those who oppose his will for your life. I believe that David, when he penned Psalm 105, when he got to verse 14 and 15, then I'll read it for you. He suffered no man to do them wrong. Yes, he reproved kings for their sakes. Verse 15, saying, touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm. You see, he was not writing this based on something that was passed down. He wasn't saying this because it preached good. I may have heard some preachers preach stuff that's just way out there, way out there. I mean, you're like, this ain't... I don't even know where this is at. Where, 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 where did he get this from? I don't even know. Oh God, don't make me meddle. Don't let, don't do this to me, Lord. That's why it's important you gotta read your word. Yeah. Da, yeah, there's too many people who have been listening to preachers and prophets. Tell them what God said instead of getting in your Bible and reading it for yourself. Yeah. Oh Lord, I didn't come here to meddle. They're not gonna have me back. He wasn't writing this. He wasn't saying it just because he read it. David was able to write this down because he had lived it. You see, when he was running from Saul, when he was running for his life, when he was running for his life, ah, the the Lord showed him, no, nah, nothing can touch you. I've anointed you. I have called you. I've appointed you. You have not let the enemy steal your identity. You have stood firm in what I have called you to do. You have not let the enemy tell you who you are, but you have, stead, you have been steadfast in my word, leading into what I've told you you are. Because actually there's a scripture over there that says that when David knew that he was anointed king, He knew that he was anointed king. Some of y'all need to, to know that. The Bible says what? We are to be what? Kings and priests. I'm telling you this right now. If you are saved, lift your hand. If you're not, we'll come pray for you in a minute. You're anointed. You are a king and a priest. And what does the Bible say? Touch not thine anointed. That is not some scripture to be taken out of context that covers some preachers someplace. Touch not thine anointed. Touch, I'm going, that doesn't give you a carte blanche pass for Perrier water and green rooms. Oh God, help me. I'm telling you, touch not thine anointed means everybody in this room. God has a plan and he can, the enemy cannot touch you because you're anointed. Say, "I'm I'm anointed. Oh God. David was able to say it because he lived it and I declare this over you today if you don't believe it I declare it you see God's word what never returns void so when I say this this is his word I'm gonna decree it into the atmosphere and if you don't believe it that's fine go home let it simmer a while You'll start to understand it. You are anointed You were created to walk in the anointing Oh you were created to walk in the fragrance of the anointing. You were created to walk in the fragrance, oh, of the anointing of the Almighty. And I declare this, the Lord's plan for your life will come to fruition. You will bear the fruit of his plan. <laughs> Oh, somebody's breaking out today. Somebody's breaking out today. You see, David, yes, oh, I feel this thing. I believe we could just go right into an altar call right now, but God's got some more to say. You know, there's this, the place that this all took place at is Bel Parizim. There's something significant significant about this. When David named this place Baal-Parazim, it's based on the knowledge or his knowledge of God's faithfulness. See, Baal means God. Actually, it means more rightly would be Lord. My Lord. Lord, Parazim translates to breaches or breakthroughs. Lord of the breakthroughs. And that's all good and well, but you need to understand the dynamic of what he's saying here. Lord of the breakthroughs. Because if it were Bow parrots or parrots, that would mean he's Lord of the breakthrough. Somebody needs to hear that. I know Pastor Kevin has preached on this and this is a revelation that he has gotten and he has preached this, but there's somebody in this room that wasn't here when he preached it. God spoke it to me this morning. That was probably about 410. And he said somebody needs to hear that. I am not the God of the breakthrough. And as good as that is, that means that we're all in this room. All I'm gonna go evangelistically speaking, 750 of us. All, all 1,500 of us in this room, all 2,000 of us in this room right now, that means we would all be sitting here, and expectation would rise in the room, faith would rise in the room, and people would begin to have expectancy, because how many, there's a preacher out there who says that expect, expectancy, expectation is the breeding ground for miracles, right? Right? Come on, somebody. And so, 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 and when, when expectation would rise in the room and we would marry our faith with expectation, that means that somebody in this room could get a breakthrough. And we'd all clap for their breakthrough. Cause how many know when you celebrate for somebody else, it's an invitation for God to do it for you. Oh, I'm on land. I, I'm just going to say this. If you don't celebrate others in their celebr, Oh, Oh. You better celebrate. You better celebrate because if you if you don't celebrate others and what God does in their lives, if if somebody's house gets paid off, you better shout all down the street. You better. I'm telling you right now. Some of y'all get bitter because you see people getting promoted. Some of y'all get bitter because you're like, "Well, it didn't happen for me." You're your own worst enemy. You are your own worst enemy. You start celebrating and watch what God does. Watch what God does. Watch what God does. When you start to celebrate others and what God does in their life, when you start to celebrate the anointing on somebody else's life, he opens up the horn of oil and starts pouring it out in yours. I know Pastor Kevin taught this, but I believe somebody needs to hear it. He is not God of the breakthrough. Perez, Perezim, Parazim is plural. That's how good God is. That's how good he is. Not only does it mean that he is God of the breakthroughs, which means that if we all got in this room, all 4,000 of us this morning, got in this room and our faith was in a position and we had saturated the atmosphere with invitation. Not only would that mean that everybody in this room would be positioned and poised for breakthrough, which we would all, I mean, we're gonna we're going shout on that because I do have faith for that. I do believe that. I believe that we are stepping into a season of breakthrough. I believe that the Lord is breaking out against the enemy and he is breaking through for his people. But it means that if he did it once for you, it doesn't disqualify you from him doing it again. Yeah. Oh, and Anna airs God's about to break through for you. God's about to do something significant for you. God is about to do something significant for you and your family. I'm telling you right now, I feel the Holy Ghost on this. Oh, I'm telling you right now, he did it for you once. He did it for you twice, and he is going to continue to do it because you are faithful. You inquire of the Lord. You inquire of the Lord. And in your obedience and faithfulness, God is going to break through in that thing that you have been asking him for. Rick, he's about to do it for you. He is about to do it for you. Your faithfulness, your faithfulness, your faithfulness. God is about to break through for your family, for your children and your children's children. There is a breakthrough coming. Carolyn, there is a breakthrough coming. Mariah, there is a breakthrough coming for your family. That thing that you have been asking the Lord for, you know what it is, the thing that you stay up at night, the thing that you wake up at night with, God's about to unlock it and give it to you. Yeah, Somebody give, it. I'm telling you, celebrate it. celebrate it. Celebrate it, celebrate it. Somebody in this room been worried about tuition. Somebody in this room's been worried about college tuition. This ain't in my notes. But I'm telling you, he's about to break through for you. He's about to break through for you He is about to break through for you. The Lord just said he's going to break through for you so you don't have to break the bank. Don't let what God did for you in a past season. Don't let the enemy. Don't let the enemy tell you what God did for you in a past season was it. Oh, you need to hear this. You need to hear me, church. Don't let the enemy tell you that was it. There is still more of God. There is still more of God hidden than has ever been revealed. Like David, you have inquired of the Lord for your situation. Whew. This is hidden home. I'm preaching my own life right now. Whew. Like David, you've sought God in prayer, and you have been waiting. You have been careful not to do things your way. Then the Philistines went up once again and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. Therefore David inquired of the Lord. You see, this is where people get it messed up. He had, it. he had victory. David had victory. That's where people would say, well, I don't need to inquire. I did it once before, and he worked for me. I'll do it again that way. Somebody talk to me, Moses. Somebody talk to me, Moses. Well, it worked for me with this rock once before. It'll do it again. Don't let the enemy keep you out of the promise of God for your life. <clears throat> It's where people start getting cocky. Oh, I got this. I got I'm anointed. Ha, you might be anointed, but you need to stay humble. <laughs> oh, la 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 ba si di la show. <clears throat> <sighs> Woo! Ha, ha. He is close to the humble, but he is far from the proud. Don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. Stay in your prayer closet. Stay in your prayer closet. Stay in position on your knees, asking the Lord, inquiring of God what he would have you to do. And he inquired of the Lord again. He said, you shall not go up. Circle around behind them and come upon them in front of the mulberry trees. And it shall be when you hear the sound. Oh, it shall be when you hear the sound of the marching in the tops of the mulberry trees. Then you shall go. You shall advance quickly. For then the Lord will go out before you and strike the camp of the Philistines. And David did so and the Lord, as the Lord commanded him. And he drove back the Philistines from Geba as far as Gezer. You see, that's... That verse says, when you hear the sound, it implies that there's a waiting. Some of you in this room have been waiting. Some of you have been waiting. Some of you, you heard the word of the Lord. Some of you have heard the word of the Lord and he said, wait. Wait on the Lord. And let me just throw this in here. It's not in my notes. But when you wait on the Lord, you say, what do I do while I'm waiting on the Lord? Wait on the Lord. Serve. Serve the Lord in every capacity. Do everything you can to serve him with everything you got. Because as long as you're serving him, you're not idle. And you're not positioned to hear the voice of the enemy. Because if you are serving him, if you are serving him, you are close to the fire. Let me tell you, I understand the weight. I understand wanting to take measures into your own hands. I understand after hearing the voice of the Lord, after hearing his instruction, having to wrestle within yourself to fight this flesh that screams, do it your way. Take matters into your own hands. There's somebody in this room under the sound of my voice or you are watching me on live stream and your child is gone wayward. They are away from the Lord and there's a situation that you want to storm into and God says, he said, told you, lay it at my feet and don't pick it back up. And you have been waiting 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 and and you're, you're asking God, when, when, when? And he says, when you hear the sound. Look at your neighbor, say, There's a sound. He's got a plan. He's got a plan. You've inquired. You've inquired of the Lord. You have prayed. You You have sought the Lord. You have sought the Lord. He is faithful. Let me tell you, He is faithful. Oh If you're in here today and you're saying, that's not me. If you're sitting here saying, I don't find it difficult to wait for the Lord to work out his plan. Then I'm not talking to you. That's good preaching. I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to you. But I'm going to tell you this. Pray for... Pray for your boy when you think about him. Pray for your boy when you think about him. Because the wait, oh, the wait. I'm telling you, I've been in a situation where you have to wait on the Lord to intervene for your family. That's the hardest thing that you will ever do when you have to wait on the lord to intervene for your child and your children when you sit there and you heard the voice and those around you are saying ah just kick the door down and walk right up in there and do what you gotta do i'm telling you but the lord said wait and you have to wait in humility you have to wait and hold your tongue and operate in the fruit of the spirit when you want to step out in the flesh It's the hardest thing that you will ever do. So if you got it all figured out, pray for your boy. I'm closing. Somebody come help me. I think we're going to be able to beat the Baptist to the buffet. That's worth clapping over. There's a husband in here you've been, you've been interceding for your wife. There's a wife in here you've been interceding for your husband. There's somebody watching on live stream right now and I'm telling you God's got a plan. God has a plan. And while you're waiting, he's working out his plan. Because his plan, uh, you see, if we did it in our own strength, if we did it our way, if we worked out our plan, uh, the Lord has shown me this. Uh, you see, when God does something, it's forever. When God does a thing, it's forever. When God does a thing, it's irreversible. Come on, somebody. When God delivers somebody, it's forever. When God breaks through for you, it is forever. Nobody can rob you of your breakthrough. Oh, somebody come help me. We're going to land this. <laughs> I love you. I miss you. <laughs> you see, God's been working this out behind the scenes for you and those in this room. Some of you it's been a job, some of you been it's it's been it's been a a, a financial situation, some of you it's been a family situation, some of you uh it's some of you it's been a, a, a it's just some of you, it's a ministry situation. God has a door of ministry, and you've been wondering why He hasn't opened it for you yet because it wasn't time, says the Lord. And He had to work things out. He had to work things out. He had to work things out. He had to, he had to break through for you. So, ah, uh, yeah, He had to break through for you. Somebody needs to shout on that. He was wanting to break it. Ah, uh, He wants to break. It apart for you see uh, if, if he doesn't do it you would try to do this thing in your own strength and and sometimes we our unction sometimes our zeal uh, outruns our anointing sometimes the zeal of the Lord that that we carry sometimes our anticipation to step onto the platform or into the room outruns the anointing and God's saying the reason why you had to wait the reason why you had to wait is because I had I had to make sure that the anointing that I wanted to to bestow upon you match the zeal that you have upon your life. But the greatest thing about all of this is what God showed me last night. You see, when God says that you're going to, it shall be when you hear the sound of the marching in the tops of the mulberry trees then you shall advance quickly. Some read that as an instruction, as if it were God saying to David, quickly advance. When you hear the sound, run in. But I've learned something over the years. I don't believe it was God instructing David to quickly advance. I believe he was letting David know that because you have inquired of me and you have followed my plan and you didn't do it your way, you hadn't done it the way that others told you to, that because you have waited until you have heard the sound that the victory you have been waiting for, the season that you have been waiting on, I'm taking you to it quickly. There are those that are in this room. It's not instruction. Yeah, but I feel the Holy Ghost. It's not instruction. He's saying what you've been waiting for because of your obedience. I'm going to give it to you quickly. See, I serve a suddenly God. It may not be immediately, but it'll be suddenly. Oh, because when he opens up the vial and he begins to pour out the oil. It, it breaks immediately, it breaks, uh, it advances quickly. I've seen him, I've seen him move quickly. I have seen it, I have seen God take people and, and catapult them into their destiny almost overnight. Some of you in this room, you're gonna go to sleep miss and you're gonna wake up missus. It's gonna happen quickly. It's gonna happen quickly. It's gonna happen quickly for some of, somebody in this room. I'm telling you, I feel this thing in my soul. Stand with me real quick. God is going to break through quickly. And the greatest thing about this text is that the Bible never says David had to fight the fight. You see, if you went out and did it yourself, you would have to fight the fight. You would have to, the, would have to be equipped to fight the fight. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to fight no devils without the anointing. I don't want to fight no devils without the oil. God says... I'll fight them for you don't believe me for then the Lord will go out before you and strike the camp of the Philistines that's how I know that he's going to advance you quickly and that it's not an instruction you're following him because he's doing the advancing <clears throat> so I'm more of a prophet than I am a pastor more more of a prophet than I am a preacher and when I was given this assignment at 3 o'clock in the morning. God said, tell them that you hear a sound. I hear it. I hear a rustling right now. I hear a rustling right now. I hear it in the spirit right now. Uh, the enemy thinks he's loud. The enemy thinks that his frequency is louder than, than the, the frequency of heaven. But I'm telling you right now, uh, uh, the, the frequency of heaven is becoming loud. And I hear it in the, there's a rustling. There's a sound being released into the atmosphere. There's a sound. Heaven is responding to your obedience. And there is a sound. And I hear a sound of the angel armies marching in the tops of the mulberry tree I hear the sound I hear the sound I just I'm, I'm putting it you say what are you doing Chris I'm putting it in the atmosphere I hear a sound I release this over your life I hear a sound children are coming home I hear a sound Sons and daughters are coming home I hear a sound Politics won't win I hear a sound oh, I felt that thing I felt that. racism won't win because I hear a sound and there's some studies believe that or some scholars believe that uh, or who have studied the text discount that passage saying that the sound of the marching was nothing more than the wind which is all fine. It's all well, because I'm reminded of that story over in Acts where there was a sound of a mighty rushing wind. I believe that it wasn't either or. I believe personally it was both and. I believe that the wind of the Spirit blew and the Spirit of God led the angel armies to the tops of those mulberry trees and those were the ones, they were the ones that fought the battle for them that they were the ones that fought the battle for Israel they were the ones the angels and the Spirit of God were the ones that sent the Philistines packing and so right now I just I I declare this over you I want us right now uh, I believe that the Lord there's somebody in this room right now that you have been struggling you have been struggling in your weight and I believe that today there's a breakthrough you say well this isn't for me okay bye I'll see you later but I'm telling you there's somebody in this room and under the sound of my voice there's somebody in this room you have have been contending I really feel this for sons and daughters there's somebody in this room that have been contending for their children I need you to run to the altar don't wait do not wait do not wait do not wait do not wait run to the altar do not wait do not wait Whoa! Right now I declare it, I decree it, I hear a sound, I hear a sound, I hear a sound of heaven invading earth. Whoa. You've been be- you've become weary in the way. The Spirit of the Lord just said, you've become weary in the wait. I hear a sound. I hear a sound. I hear a sound. And I'm telling you right now, the sound of heaven invading earth is way louder than the voice of the enemy. The sound is about to get loud.